Right. Um, <coughs> today we're continuing with um, the, the song surrounding Christmas, song surrounding the birth of Jesus, and, um, or the lead-up to the birth of Jesus. And today I was asked to speak on the song of, of Zechariah. And uh, I think it's quite nice, I didn't actually write this, but I, I just came into my mind now, it's quite nice that when these, the songs were, came because of a, a wonderful thing that these people were told. Oh, bye. That's my daughter, for those who don't know. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and they broke out into song, and I just thought, well, uh, Chanel was singing as we were coming in the car to church this morning, and, and she also gets very excited and sings when she's very happy. And I thought it's really nice, isn't it? I don't know if any of us, when we have good news, um, that we, we just explode in, in, in song. Uh, but anyway, that's what Zechariah did. And it's also what Mary did, and also what other people did in the Bible. So, <clears throat> today, we're looking at Zechariah's song, which is in Luke 1, verses 67 to 79. And I've entitled the, uh, the talk, Preparing the Way. Luke 1, verse 76 says this, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. As always... God really prepares the way brilliantly because, all right, well, Christmas is coming. Maybe for Patrick to focus on Jesus and our Savior and things was sort of expected. But, you know, my sermon is also really picking up on that. And uh, it was great that we were just able to acknowledge Jesus as our Messiah, our coming Savior uh, in our worship this morning. When we talk about preparing the way, our minds rightly go to John the Baptist rather than his father, Zechariah. But I believe the faithfulness of Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth allowed God to use them to be channels through which God would send John to prepare the way for the Messiah, Jesus, of course. And in a moment, when we read the song of Zechariah, we will see no reference to Zechariah uplifting himself, but rejoicing in song, the fulfillment of promises, the gift of his own son, and the coming of Jesus. <clears throat> but, before we get in, uh, a little Christmas quiz. Actually, there are two quizzes today. So, two quizzes. And the second one needs three volunteers. So, this one doesn't need volunteers, just needs the right answers. But the second one, well, I'm going to ask for some volunteers, and there's a prize for those volunteers. It comes a bit later. Right, uh, let me check in my bag, see what I've got. You have to keep this really well hidden from, from a small girl. Right. It's all very bad for your teeth, so don't tell anyone. Now, our first question. I hope he stopped. Yeah. What was the name of the angel that spoke to Zechariah? Hands up. What was the name? I haven't read any passages yet. Yeah. Yay! It's an easy one, right? I think it's the only name of an angel, isn't it? What other names do we know? <coughs> there we are, good. Thank you. That's a pleasure. Don't eat them all at once. Now, next one. This is a bit easier, I think. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what do Zechariah and Sarah have in common? Three things. Sarah's in the wife of Abraham. Say? 
Ah, yeah, I didn't write that's too, theolo too theological. Okay, there are four things then. <laughs> yeah, Nelson? There are no kids? Another one? They were old? Another one? Yeah, they didn't believe. I don't know why I'm going. There's too many people answered that question. <laughs> You'll have to share, but I'll give to the one holding the kids, so she has trouble. Right. Yeah, so they had three things in common. They were old. Four things in common, thanks to Jerry. Four things in common. Uh, they were old. They both didn't have children. And when the angel came and spoke to them, they didn't believe, or they doubted a little bit. Third one. So your chance is still there. This is a bit of an abstract one. You have to think a bit laterally, so it's good for you, Rob. Um, how did Jesus, uh, sorry, how did Elizabeth know that the child's name should be John? You have to do some lateral thinking because the angel didn't speak to her. Yeah, who said that? Somebody at the back there. Oh, Jackie, well done. All right, I think you won last time as well. Yeah, no, I mean, she didn't. There's, she knew, because we'll see later on she's asked about this. You're hot, sorry. You take some water. Go to mommy, take some water. Oh, there's water here, Chanel. Um, there we go. Yeah, so it doesn't say, she wasn't told, but she knew, because later on they ask her about when it comes to the naming of the child, and she says she will name him John. Um, so Zechariah must have told him. Now, a, a bonus, but there's no prize. Yeah, these prizes are for the next part. How did uh, Zechariah confirm the name should be John to those attending the circumcision ceremony? Yeah, very good, Jerry. All right, very fast on that one. No sweets for that one. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> But as, uh, so, yeah, so those are little background questions just to get us warmed up. Now, the Song of Zechariah is in Luke 1, verses 68 to 79. But I want to start by running through quickly up to this point, which is basically through the first part of Luke 1, which is a very long chapter. So in Luke 1, verse 5, we see, as Jerry already mentioned, that Zechariah was a priest, and both he... And his wife, Elizabeth, were descendants of Aaron, that priestly line, the Levitical line. Uh, two, um, in Luke 1, verse 6, both Zechariah and Elizabeth were, were righteous in the sight of God, following his laws and decrees. It's nice, they're an old couple, but they've been following God faithfully. Luke 1, and verse 7, they were both very old and had those no children. And, uh, thank you very much. Okay. Um, they're both very old and had no children. Uh, Luke 4, uh, sorry, number 4, uh, Luke 1, verses 11 and 12. Zechariah was, was doing his priest stuff in the temple alone when an angel appeared to him, the angel Gabriel. He was gripped with fear. If you ever meet an angel, this is okay and to be expected. If you meet an angel, you will be fearful. So don't worry. Most other people in the Bible were. Luke 1, verses 18 to 19. 
The angel told Zechariah that he was going to have a son who he should call John, and the type of life that John would live, and the importance of his life in making ready a people prepared for the Lord, verse 17. But Zechariah then had doubts that what the angel is saying could be true because he was old. How can I have kids when I'm so old? That was a bad move. When you meet an angel, do not doubt what it tells you. This doubt led to Zechariah being made mute. He could not speak. So when an angel comes to you and speaks to you, please believe that angel. Luke 1 and verse 19. The people in the public area, so he was in the Holy of Holies, or the inside part of the temple, and the people outside knew he was in there. Uh, the people uh, in the public area of the temple were wondering what had happened to the priest. He'd been gone a long time. And when eventually he came out, he had to play a game of charades to help them eventually understand he had seen a vision. And I guess this continued when he went home and he explained all that had happened to his wife, Elizabeth, including telling her the name, John. Luke 1 and verse 25. But it must have worked because Elizabeth's response is more positive. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace amongst the people. Elizabeth had no doubts what was happening to her. Luke 1, verses 15, 17, 41, and 67. Don't worry, you don't have to remember them. But they all focus on the Holy Spirit within this, this episode. John is filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Verse 15. He will go before the Lord in the Spirit. Verse 16. When uh, Mary and Elizabeth met, it says, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 41. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And we read that in the, the song that we're going to look at. All these verses highlight the power of the Holy Spirit working through these events. And this brings us nicely to the main part of the sermon, the song of Zechariah. But this is where I need three volunteers. You do have to do a bit of acting. I'm going to have to call on... Oh, Jonathan is one, volunteered by his mum. Well done. There's a prize, look. Three Mars bars. Right, Jonathan, come up. Uh, Benjamin, come up. You knew I was going to ask you. Now, one lady. One lady. Yeah, come, come. Yeah. I keep forgetting your name. Sorry, I'm terrible. I told you I would forget your name. What? Sorry, what's your name? Catherine. Catherine, come, come. All right, come up on the stage because people need to see you. All right, now. Now, when uh, Zechariah came out, he was uh, mute. He couldn't say anything. So you have to tell these people the three main words of my, my message today without speaking. Sharats. Okay? And you guess. You help them. Okay? Who wants to go first? All right, Ben will go first. All right, it's very fair there. You can take which one. Doesn't matter the order. Oh. Okay. So try and guess. Help him, please. This is a special quiz because it's Christmas. I wouldn't normally have two, but... Please, please, 
Use your hands and you can use other people, but you just mustn't talk. What's the word? What's the word? We can think a bit about the passage that we're going to read and about the subject of the passage. Well, Close. Hey! All right. Thank you very much. You don't get the prize for guessing. Ben gets the prize for... for um. <laughs> you can check. All right. Yeah. Hey, well done. Thank you, Jonathan. The words are all in our passage today, so you could sneak a view. Right, uh, last one. Catherine. Someone go there. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Big round of applause for our volunteers. I think they were volunteers. Happy Christmas, everyone. Right, salvation, preparing, and peace. Those are our three words from our, our message today. No more prizes. Thank you so, so much. Right, salvation. Luke 1, verse 69. He raised up the horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The footnote, footnote text next to horn states that horn is a symbol of a strong king and from, from such prophetic words about the Messiah who was descended from the line of David. We can understand perhaps why the people were looking for a more dramatic person than what they saw in Jesus. But this is the reality of the power of Jesus. But the power of Jesus is cased within humility and gentleness. It was also not hidden in other prophecies. Zechariah, the book of Zechariah, not the song of Zechariah. Zechariah 9 and verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, daughter, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, the colt, the foal of a donkey. And then also in Isaiah 53 and verse 2, all things that were often read at, at Christmas time, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to himself, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. 
And yet this was the almighty, powerful Messiah, Jesus, come to save the world, to bring salvation. In the song of Zechariah, song of Zechariah, Zechariah acknowledges through prophetic words that the long-awaited Messiah is about to come. The Messiah will bring salvation from the enemies of all the Jewish people, but also to all people, to you and to me, through the forgiveness of sins. Luke 1 verse 77 within the song says this, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Salvation is for all people. Had not been, oh, salvation for all, to all people had not been known about up to this point. But the coming of the Messiah will, will enable all to have the knowledge of salvation, as it says in the verse we just read. To have the opportunity to believe and in obedience trust in Jesus and hence to enter the kingdom of God. Not by being part of a nation group, but by having faith in Jesus. And the next verse adds some of the heavenly motivation for this move. Luke 1 verses 78 and 79 say this, Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness. Salvation, salvation, the tender mercy of our God. And this should be our takeaway from this section of salvation. The inspiration for our salvation, the inspiration that we can gather here this morning is from God. God wanted to bring us into his light from the darkness that we're in. To let the light of the rising light of salvation shine on us. Yes, the Bible will always challenge us to walk in obedience, to throw away those things that can easily lead us from God. But our actions do not and cannot bring about salvation for us. This is only possible because of the mercy of God and the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 12 and verse, uh, Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the, author, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So I know in my mind from another version. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So this Christmas, as we run towards all those celebrations of Christmas, if we know that there are things that shouldn't be on our life, which are tangling us, let's just throw them off. Let's cast them aside and let's fix our eyes, as we saw last week, that baby in a manger, which is the Messiah of the world, bringing us salvation, born in humility. Number two, from whoever it was, prepare. Uh, last week, many of us were here uh, here had the privilege of being part of the junior church Christmas service, which included that wonderful nativity play depicting the birth of our, sav <laughs> our Savior and the events surrounding his birth. I know that the children and their teachers, plus Patrick on the music, have been practicing for a number of weeks to bring this wonderful thing together that we saw. And this practicing could really be seen in their enthusiasm and their commitment of all of those involved. It was truly amazing, and I thank them. Let's give them a round of applause, although they're not here. 
for those of you who were here last week, it was really, really, really good. Thank you, uh, everybody. Preparation is important for any big event. And what could be bigger than the coming of the Messiah? God knew this and had in his internal planning for John to come before Jesus to prepare the way. Again in our song of Zechariah, Luke 1 and verses 76 to 77 says this, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah, being a priest and very knowledgeable about the Old Testament scriptures, would have known all about the coming of the Messiah but also about the scriptures about the coming of a messenger to clear the way for the Lord. Hence, when he was told by the angel Gabriel about the birth of his child and the role that he would have in preparing the way, he may have been surprised and doubt about the physical possibility of he himself and Elizabeth being parents of the child at such an old age, but he would have not been surprised about the fact that this child was to grow and become the messenger of God and prepare the way for the Messiah. As such a person is prophesied about in the Old Testament. Malachi 3, verses 1, 1 says, I got 1 to 18, but it's not 1 to 18. Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord, whom will you seek, will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. We all know the importance of preparing for those of us who are studying. We revise hard for our exams. And many of us have experienced the road closures and traffic jams as security forces prepare for the way, make way for the president. They're preparing for the president. They're preparing uh, for the exams which are to come. And many of you know that my wife Harriet at the back there is involved in the bridal business. And marriage seems to be the one big thing, one of the big things, in which you all assume that there will be lots and lots to prepare. We try and prep, try and share this preparatory burden by having wedding meetings or using people like Harriet as service providers. But in preparing, the glory is not for us. And Harriet's satisfaction is when the wedding days go smoothly and the bride is a shining star of the day in every way, that is when she was happy. She doesn't need to be seen. Zechariah rejoiced in the fact that his son John would prepare the way for the coming Messiah. What greater preparation could there be? And John himself was obedient to this calling and prepared the way. John 1, the Gospel of John uh, 1 verse 29 to 31 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who is after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water that was that he might be revealed to Israel. That was John's role in preparing the way for the Messiah, in preparing the way for Jesus. And for ourselves, we also need to be obedient to the calling which God has given us. 
which is often linked to our gifts and talents. In Christ, we are one body with many parts, some of which are more visible. I'm standing up the front here, but many, many, Moira and the team are tucked away somewhere with the children. Other people are helping to set up the service. Other people helping to clear up the service. We're all part of the body, and all those parts are so essential. And they're of equal importance, whether they're very visible or whether they're very hidden. We thank everybody for their role in this church and our church life. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 5 to 6 and then verse 9 says this. What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. And then verse 9. For we are all co-workers in God's service, and you are God's field, God's building. So let us all find out what, uh, what our role is to be here in this congregation. And uh, pray, and if you're not sure, then talk to the leaders or pray about it, and uh, find what God wants you to do here, whether it's up on the stage or if it's anywhere else. We are all co-workers in God's service. And finally, we come on to the last one, which is peace. Perhaps because of directness of TV these days and the frontline information provided through social media, the world seems to need peace more than ever at this moment. But I don't think this is probably true. And the reality is that since sin entered this world, violence, hatred, and killing became part of the normal for this world. People longing to look after their own interests first before loving their neighbour with whom we share this comparatively small and delicate planet. I think when I last spoke in church, it was about Noah and the whole flood episode. And the whole flood episode was a result of the wickedness that had permeated human society. God is love. 1 John 4, verse 16. God is love. And we are made in his image. And so when we see evil taking over the hearts of people, he is sad and angry, and even angry. And we should be sad as well. Genesis 6 and verse 5 says, The Lord saw, this is from the Noah episode, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. It actually goes on to say, but I didn't write it, even I don't think I talked about it. He said he even almost regretted about making people. But fortunately, his heart is love. God is love. So perhaps the need for peace is not especially urgent at the moment, but something has been generally needed since the fall in the Garden of Eden. And God knows that. I don't often do these statistic things, but you're searching Google or wherever, how often the word peace is mentioned in the Bible. Peace is mentioned 400 times in the whole Bible, and almost 100 times in the New Testament, although the exact number depends on the, uh, the version which you're using. I didn't count them myself. But still, this occurrence just demonstrates that it is on the heart of God 
Peace is on the heart of God. And, I think we almost mentioned it this morning in somewhere, and it is in what the angels sing about when they announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. Maybe it was Alex and the team here talking. Luke 2, verses 13 and 14 said this, Suddenly a great... So the angel had told the shepherds what, they were, what was happening, and then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. This was exciting news. Peace had come. Peace had come in the Messiah, Jesus. And it is the word on which the song of Zechariah ends. The tender mercy of God, the rising sun from heaven, light for those living in darkness, those in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the path of peace. I want us to read those final verses. Can we go to the next slide? I think it should be. I want these to read these together. Um, they're the final two verses of the Song of Zechariah. Luke 1 and verse 78. Let's try. Sometimes we're not used to this in uh, our church, so we'll try our best. Because of the tender... All of us read together. Read it together. This is a proclamation for us this Christmas. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Let's pray. But don't get up and run away after I pray. There is a little bit more. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the faithfulness of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Lord, he doubted he was old. He may have done the same. But Lord, in the end, he rejoiced through this song and prophesied about all that was going to happen through his son, all that you'd planned for your people in this world. We thank you that we're part of that. We thank you that we're able to have salvation. We thank you that you pray, prepared the way for Jesus to become. And we thank you for the peace that we can have through you. Lord, we pray that we would be vessels and channels of your peace to those around us this Christmas. Lord, sometimes it's a busy time as families come together from different places. There's a lot of traveling going on. But Lord, may we just be able to shine for you and bring your light into this period. Lord, we thank you for your, your love and your care for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, before you all run off, Often, I'm not going to speak much more, don't worry. Often when we're in the UK, we visit friends who are Anglicans. And so we go along to church with them. Actually, I grew up as an Anglican. Normally, at some point in the service, the vicar says, Ah, peace. The peace of the Lord be with you. And the people all say, Ah, I see some of you have been in Anglican, maybe say in Catholic churches as well, I'm not sure. Um, uh, peace of the sign be with you. Um, and then what happens? People run in all directions. They jump down off the... That's fantastic, well done. They, um, they run in all directions. Stay here, you can stay here because we're going. Yeah, they run in all directions offering one another a sign of peace. And that's what I want us to do to finish. So on your way to coffee, I finished... Let's just offer one another a sign of, of peace. A fish shake, a handshake, a warm embrace, or any other combinations. 
but all with a huge smile on everybody's face. So, do you think we can break ranks at KIC this morning and bring some of that promised Christmas peace as announced by the angels? Yeah, I hope we can. But, before we do that, see, Monica's ready to go, I can see. John 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give, you, give to you as the world gives, but do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace of the Lord be with you. Let us offer one another a sign of peace and have a happy Christmas because we're not here next weekend. Sorry. Thank you very much. Ellie. Come on, we have the oven. You don't want your chocolates. Hey, peace be with you. Peace be with you. <laughs> <laughs> Say, give a hug. Oh, I'm still on.